Hello and welcome. My name is Daniel Barda. I'm one of the pastors at Christ Fellowship Northwest, and we are continuing our study called Declaring His Excellencies. And today we are in Devotion 2 of Week 1, and we're looking at the question, what is God's end? In the scriptures, God reveals himself as the one and only, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, sovereign creator of all things, who chooses to act in the world as a savior for his people. This revelation of God, by God, raises several significant questions. Who does God save? How does he save? From whom or what does he save? How did he create? What did he create? The inquiring mind could add many more questions to this catalog of investigative inquiries, but none would carry more significance than our next question. Why does God act? We could rephrase the question as, why does God do what he does? What is God's purpose? What goal does God strive to achieve? What is God's endgame? Thankfully, the scriptures clearly and repeatedly give us God's aim and purpose and what he does in the world. We see this in several instances in the text we looked at in Devotion 1, Isaiah chapter 43. The first instance comes in verse 7, where it says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. We get another example of God's stated purpose in verse 21. These are the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. The message of Isaiah 43 came to a nation that had sinned against God. They rebelled against him. They did not keep his commands and obey his law. Even when they did obey the letter of the law, their hearts held no love and regard for God himself. God had fulfilled his promise to Abraham, Genesis 12 and 15. He multiplied Abraham's descendants. He brought them to a land flowing with milk and honey, and he made them into a prosperous city and nation. But the people forgot the Lord. The more God blessed them, the more they were treasured the gifts from God rather than the giver of those gifts. Rather than trusting the one who made them and blessed them, they turned to others, such as the strong nations of Egypt and Syria, to preserve them. In response, God spoke through Isaiah a message of judgment. Because of their sin, God in his just anger would send a powerful and wicked king to bring their city and nation to ruin. He would strip them of all their possessions and land. He would scatter them as refugees and captives into other nations. He would break down their walls and rip them from their homes. This message of judgment came with a word of hope for salvation. And that message of hope came in our text, Isaiah 43. Here God spoke to those headed into a dark season in which they would be tempted to think God had exiled them forever, that he would not forgive, and that he would not save. God, through Isaiah, announced that these thoughts of God's abandonment of them were incorrect. He would not leave them. He would indeed save them. And he tells us why. He reveals for us the reason he will use his might and power to provide salvation. He would do so for his glory, for his name's sake. This leads us to our truth for today, and that is this. God acts for the sake of his glory. Isaiah makes clear that God created and saved Israel for his own sake and glory. But these acts of God are not unique in their purpose. We see in Exodus 9:16 that God, speaking to Pharaoh, said this, But for this purpose I have raised you up, to show you my power, so that my name may be proclaimed in all of the earth. In Psalm 31, 3, the psalmist sings this, For you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. In 1 Samuel 12, 22, the author wrote, For the Lord will not forsake his people, for his great name's sake because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Ezekiel 20, But I withheld my hand and acted for the sake of my, aim, my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations, in whose sight I had brought them out. Ezekiel 36, 22-23 Therefore say to the house of Israel, 
Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. John 9, 1-3 says that God created a blind man for his glory. As he passed by, verse 1, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. In John 17, 4, Jesus said, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you, the Father, gave me to do. Acts chapter 15, 14 says this, Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. John, 1 John 2, 12 says, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Romans 9, 22-23 What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory? In each of these passages, God reveals to us why he performed certain acts. The phraseology need not confuse us. The phrases of for his sake, for his namesake, and for his glory all speak of the same end and purpose. God acted in all of these instances to make the truth about himself known. He acted to show himself clearly and truthfully to humanity. The church has most frequently spoken of God's purpose as for his glory. In every act, God works all things to the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1, 11-12 His glory stands as his ultimate end. Defining glory can be challenging. Thankfully, we can find help from others. Thomas Schreiner defined glory as the beauty, majesty, and greatness of God. J.I. Packer referred to God's glory as deity in manifestation. John Piper said, The glory of God is the manifest beauty of God's holiness. It is the going public of His holiness. These definitions capture well the revealed ultimate purpose of God in all His works. He works to make known who He is. He acts to show His beauty, His holiness, majesty, and greatness. God acts to be known rightly. He acts for His glory. This leads us to our instruction for today, and that is this, do not despair. The message in Isaiah 43 served as a source of encouragement for God's people. They deserved to be cursed, exiled, and brought to ruin. They had no reason to think that God would save, rescue, and remain with them. God spoke gently to them. He reminded them that He had made a promise to them, and He would be true to that promise. He would be faithful not because they were deserving. He would be faithful because He desired to show the world that He had the power to do what He said He would. The concern for his name and reputation, the desire for the knowledge of his glory, motivated him to act for Israel. This truth should comfort all who believe God even now. We too prove undeserving. We have no argument for God to work on our behalf. We have but one hope, that God would glorify himself through us anyway. Thankfully, this hope is not the equivalent of wishful thinking. Instead, we possess a certain expectation that God will indeed glorify himself by keeping his word. Why? Because God will not let his word fail. He will prove himself to all the world that he alone is God and there is no one like him. He will not give his glory to another. Instead, he will save in such a way that no one will be mistaken. One day the truth about God will shine forth in undeniable brightness. On that day, Jesus will return. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This has been Devotion 2 of Week 1 in the Declaring His Excellencies study. 
We hope that it has been a blessing to you, and we look forward to having you back for Devotion 3 as we conclude week one of four. We pray that this has been a blessing to you as we turn your attention toward God and His work to glorify Himself. God bless.